Hey, hey, and welcome to the 90th episode of our Keeping Up with the King series as we make our way through the book of Matthew, a book written by a Jew to the Jews about the King of the Jews, the unexpected king, as we've mentioned a number of times. And so, hey, we are in the middle of this little uh, vignette, this little this little account where Jesus has has recognized that there's this multitude around him. And he says to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So you see that in verse 18. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. And then we see him uh, have this short conversation with a scribe who says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus responds and says, hey, I'm, I'm homeless. And we talked about that last time. And then the second little account. He says, then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. So this is kind of a weird statement. And I think it's easy to misunderstand. Um, because sometimes when we read the Bible, we read things into it that aren't there. Or we miss those things that are uh, cultural idioms, things that were... Then, things that were said at the time that were are not said the same way now. And so that can become rather confusing. And so when we read this, let's just break it down really quick. He says, then another of his disciples said to him. So the first guy, the scribe is following him. He's, he's not one of the 12, but he is one of Jesus disciples. There were many who followed him all over. Um, but an, another one, said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father, right? Because the first guy, what does the first guy say? The first guy says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. So then another comes and says, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. The the insinuation being that this guy is saying, I'll follow you, I'll follow you wherever you go, but first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now that sounds cold and heartless. It sounds like this guy is saying, hey, Jesus, uh, I want to follow you, but my dad just died. And we're having the celebration of life and in the, the burial services. Uh, so um, as soon as those are done, I'm following you. I'll be there. And Jesus says, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Like, what? Jesus, that's so mean. I mean. You're telling this guy to let dead people bury dead people? This is, that, that's just, that's horrible. But the thing we have to ask ourselves is, like, is that what's being actually said? Is that, is that the, uh, is the picture that we've painted in our mind the actual picture? And I think what we're missing is this. The guy's father was not dead yet. When he says, let me go bury my father, he's saying, look, my, my dad's older. Um, you know, and once, once I'm no longer taking care of my parents, then I'm going to come follow you. So Jesus is saying, you know, let those who are, are dead, like let them, you know, let the, let the dead bury the dead. You know, you, you want life, you want abundant life. Well, come follow me, follow me. You know, like Peter said, you know, where else shall we go? You have the words of life. And so what he's talking about here is not like, don't care about other people. What he's saying here is don't put off following me because you're saying, oh, I've got, I've got these other things 
I've got these other things because what's the utmost importance? You know, remember when Mary and Martha, when Jesus is at their house in Bethany and, and uh, Martha's busy about many things and she's in the kitchen, you know, cooking up dinner or whatever she's, she's working. And Mary though is sitting at Jesus feet and Mary says to Jesus, you know, Jesus, tell my sister to help me, you know, and Jesus says, you know, no, Mary has chosen the better thing. You know, she's chosen the better thing. He's not always going to be with them, but he's with them now. So rather than concerning yourself with all this stuff that doesn't matter, all these things that, you know, if you don't eat dinner, it's not the end of the world. But Jesus is here. You know, he's like, I'm here now. Sit with me. So she's chosen the better thing. And so when it comes down to it, I think this is really a message about procrastination. Now, I don't consider myself to be an expert on a lot of things. I found in my life that I know how to do a lot of things. Uh, I've had a very a diverse level of experiences, but I don't believe that I'm really an expert on a lot of things. But I am an expert, maybe even a master. I mean, to toot my own horn, horn a bit, as somebody drove by my mobile studio and tooted their horn. Um, I think I am an expert and maybe even a master, a sensei level, samurai level master of one thing, and that is procrastination. I am really good at putting things off. Uh, I've, made, I've made an art form out of it. When I was in college, I used to drive some of my co-students crazy because I would put off writing papers or, or doing projects until the day before they were due, the night before they were due. And even in high school days, I would even do my homework in the class before it was due. So those of you that know me know that there were plenty of times where I didn't do my homework at all. Now I had, I had, I would do that because I didn't want to do it. I'm like, I don't want to do this. So I would just take it on. Like, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, because it needs to be done. I was like, I don't want to do this. So I'm going to put it off to the last possible second. Now, I wasn't one of those procrastinators that was like, I don't even want to think about it. No, I would think about it. I'd have the whole paper written in my head, and then I'd have to go sit down and, you know, type it out. And But I knew where I was going. I wasn't one of those procrastinators that was like the, you know, stick your head in the sand and, and hope the world goes away. I was like, ah, this has to be done. I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit down and write it. But I wasn't something I had put any thought or mind to. So I get this whole thing with procrastinating. And I've seen this happen. I had a conversation with a, a young man at camp one time, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And we were talking about the Lord and he was saying like, yeah, I know, you know, I believe this stuff. I believe that Jesus is the, you know, the son of God. I, I, you know, but he said, I, I made an agreement with my friend that we're not going to follow the Lord, you know, that we're, we're going to Basically, if I remember correctly, basically he said, we made this agreement that we're going to go have a lot of fun in college. In college, we're going to, you know, we're going to sow our wild oats. But after college, then I'm going to do it. You know, and I, and I remember telling him, like, first of all, you probably won't. You probably won't. You, you will just continue to do what you're doing. You know, you go to college and you are going to party and you're going to do all this stuff. And chances are you're not going to come back and do the Jesus thing. But if you do great, you know, what, if, if I can see the fact that, yeah, you know, you're going to come and you're going to live for the Lord. You're going to have so much baggage. There's going to be so much 
consequence. And there's going to be such a hold that that sin has on you that you're going to have to deal with. And I don't know how many times I've talked to people that were like, yeah, I know that this is, I'm not making great choices right now, but I'm having fun. And then later to find them like, I'm trying not to do those things. You know, I got to get into the partying lifestyle and now I'm dealing with addictions that I never had before. Before I was just tempted to party. Now I'm tempted to drink when no one's around. I'm, I'm smoking stuff or I'm taking stuff when nobody's around. You know, I'm just going to give in to this, you know, to this lust, you know, and I'm just, you know, until I'm married and then things will be different. And then they can't understand why when they're married, things aren't different because they've submitted themselves to sin. They've given that sin a foothold in their life. And many of them, they knew better, you know, they were more what we might call apostate. You know, they were people who were a Christian, they were raised in the church and then they decided to go and air quotes, have some fun. And then for the rest of their life, they're struggling with things they never would have struggled with. They've brought damage and death into their marriages because of the things they did before. They've brought damage and they've brought slavery to their life because they submitted themselves to things that they shouldn't have because they wanted to have some fun because they were putting off living for the Lord. They were putting off following him. And so Jesus is saying, Hey, you know, let the dead things be the dead things, you know, let the dead bury the dead. Don't get, you know, you're here. You're caught up on, on dead things, on, on things that bring death. You know, you just want to go and, and enjoy sin for a while and then come back. Well, there's consequences. Sin isn't bad because God forbids it. God forbids it because it's bad. Romans 6, sin has consequences. And those consequences, even for the Christian, even when you've been forgiven, there are still consequences. And the consequences we see over and over and over are, are slavery, shame, and death. And those are not things you want in your life. Anyway, we'll talk more next time. God bless you.